0: with bingham welcome to the justice for all podcast show where we discuss all things social and criminal justice related from the front end to the back end and everything in between you have a right to remain silent because anything you say can and will be held against you you have a right to an attorney if you cannot afford one one will be appointed for you you're in the self-incrimination protection zone where there is no cruel and unusual punishment no illegal search and seizure. The exclusionary rule has you come. So sit back, relax, and become soul on this week's episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show. I'm DeWitt Bingham, your host. Thank you for tuning in to the show that discusses all things social justice and criminal justice, where the goals are to inform you, the American citizen, of your constitutional rights, to provide educational and occupational guidance to high school and college students, and to be a voice for change. I'm excited about today's show because today we got some diversity. We got a gentleman and a woman. Two more of my excellent Heartland Community College students. The speak out of the young folk continues, or the speak out of the emerging adults continues. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to Zoom and present to others, Mr. Aiden Nemeth and Ms. Harmony Zimmerman. <laughs> Welcome to the show, lady and gentleman. Thanks for having me.
1: Obsessed. Thank
0: you. Before we allow you to introduce yourselves, let's do what I call checking in. How is the semester going so far, beginning with you, Harmony?
2: Uh, it's going really good. It's just a lot of assignments. Nothing too hard, just a lot of assignments.
0: Okay. How many hours are you carrying for this semester?
2: I'm taking five classes in a lab.
0: Wow. Yeah. Five classes with each class being three credit hours. That's mm-hmm. 15 credit hours. Do you get an extra credit for the lab?
2: Um, Yeah, it's a, I believe it's like one or two extra credits. I can't, I'm not for sure.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. Aiden, what about you? How's it going?
1: It's going pretty well. It's going better than I thought it would go. I oh. thought it would be kind of hard, but it's going good.
0: Okay. All right. And how many credit hours are you taking?
1: Uh, I'm taking 12.
0: Okay. You got 12. Okay. Is that, is that four classes? Yep, yeah, that's four. Okay. All right. Very good. Hopefully, you guys are learning in this class?
2: Yes. Okay. I actually like this class a lot.
0: Awesome. Well. All right. Music to my ear. I looked at the grades, which is one of the things that I always do before we actually start the podcast. You guys are doing great job. All right. The title of this episode is Courtroom Participants and the Trial. Segment one. Segment one is for the educational and occupational guidance of high school and college students. We accomplish this by having our guests introduce themselves. So if you would tell the audience where you were born and raised, what high school you attended, what you plan to major in, why you enrolled in the class and give us one career goal. Starting with you, Harmony.
2: Um, I was born and raised in Fairbury, Illinois. I attended Prairie Central High School. Um, I'm planning on majoring in criminal justice. I'm not exactly sure yet what I want to do, but I do know it's going to be criminal justice. I enrolled in this class because it's a criminal justice class and that's part of my major. And I thought it'd be super interesting and that I could learn more from each class that I take. And the one career goal I have is to pick something that I want to wake up and do every day, something I'm excited about and that I will strive at. That's one career goal.
0: Okay. You know, that means that anytime you talk to Mr. Bingham and you have not totally decided yet, that means you're going to be going down the path of criminal justice because criminal justice needs good people like you, Harmony. And I love Prairie Central High School. Yeah. Love to tell my story about when I was refereeing a boys' varsity game, how the lights went out. Oh God. I, I don't doubt <laughs> that It was the dead of the winter and the lights went out. And Mr. Posey, who was coaching at the time, it was like in the first quarter, he said you can go ahead, we still go give you a check. That was the easiest money I ever made. Oh my so, so Perry Central got a special place in my heart because that was a time that a brother was struggling a little bit financially. good. All right, Aiden.
1: Um, I'm from Lincoln, Illinois, and I went to Lincoln Community High School. I enrolled in this class because criminal justice system has always been something I've been really interested in, and my stepfather was a state police officer, and I've been around that for a long time. And a career goal of mine is just have something in the criminal justice world that I find joy in and something I'm really passionate in.
0: Excellent, man. That's good that, that you have family members who actually are in the criminal justice system. We need good people like you, Aiden. So I'm going to continue to encourage you when you actually come over to Illinois State University. I will be your internship coordinator and I will be guiding you possibly to do an internship with the Illinois State Police. I'm just going to actually be over the internship program. And so if you actually transfer to Illinois State, you get to choose where you want to do your internship. And I'm just actually help set that up. Okay. segment two constitutional rights. I attended the governor's debate between incumbent J.P. Prisker and Senator Bailey on last Thursday. In Illinois, there's a really important debate taking place about the Eighth Amendment of the United States Constitution that I want to weigh in on, or that I want you to weigh in on. But before we have that discussion, tell the audience what your favorite constitutional right is, beginning with you, Aiden.
1: Uh, I chose the Fifth Amendment for mine.
0: And the Fifth Amendment deals with what? Non-self-incriminating. Yeah. And so I think that it's important that a person not incriminate themselves. Yes. Okay. Because the Constitution says that you have a right to mm-hmm. remain right silent. Out. All right. Very good. Not to say that that double jeopardy is not important, too, because that's important, too, right? Okay, very good. All right. Harmony, what's your favorite constitutional right?
2: Um, My favorite constitutional right is the Eighth Amendment, which is funny because we're talking about that today. (laughs) Um, I think a person, well, they'll get what's coming to them, but they shouldn't have to get cruel and unusual punishment while they're going through that already. No matter what they did, cruel and unusual punishment just isn't, it's just not cool. Oh, I was also gonna say I like the First Amendment because it gives me the freedom to openly practice my religion, which is Christianity, too.
0: Awesome. Excellent. The big debate that's going on in Illinois is about cashless bail. And as of January the first, there's not gonna be any more cash bail. There's been a lot that's been said about cashless bail, and we're gonna get into that, okay? So again. Today's episode is the courtroom participants and the trial. Let's provide our audience with some important information regarding courtroom participants and the trial. The trial we know is adversarial, right? It actually has, you have a prosecutor and you have a defense attorney and they are actually putting forth evidence. It is the prosecutor's burden to present enough evidence to convict the individual who has been charged with the crime. It is the defense attorney's obligation on behalf of the defendant to present evidence to try to get him off and found not guilty. Right. What? So a lot of things have to take place before we get to the actual trial. We call those things pre-trial. All right. And so what is one important decision that is made before the trial, beginning with you, Harmony.
2: Um, Are you talking about, like, so very pre-trial? So, like, whether they stay in jail or not? Okay. Like, whether they go to jail or not, I feel like that's a pretty big one.
0: Okay, all right. And so you're actually saying that a bond hearing has to take place before mm-hmm. the actual trial. or A determination has to be made whether or not they are a threat to the safety of the community, or they are a flight risk. Okay, very good, Aiden.
1: What what you're going to plead for your case? If you're going to be guilty, you're going to plead guilty or non-guilty.
0: Excellent. You will enter a plea, and that takes place at the very first time that the individual comes before the judge. All right, very good. Bail set is one thing that you you mentioned. What is the purpose? safety of the public, and flight risk. The Manhattan Bail Project was a test and provided that most would return to court freely without cash bail or without a cash bail system. Three states have partially abolished cash bail, and Illinois is the only state beginning January 1st, 2023, that will put into practice a total ban of cash bail. The statute that has been passed in Illinois Congress states that detention only shall be imposed when it is determined that the defendant poses a specific real and present threat to a person or has a high likelihood of willful flight. A hearing will be required to determine whether a defendant poses that risk. And if the court finds that they do, then a judge will be required to submit their reasoning and writing under the parameters of the legislation. The nature and circumstances of the charges, the weight of evidence against the defendant, the defendant's history and characteristics, and the risks that would be posed by release will all be evaluated. It's pretty simple. Forcible felonies, which include first-degree murder, second-degree murder, predatory criminal sexual assault, robbery, burglary, residential burglary, aggravated arson, etc., are felonies which involves the use or threat of physical force or violence against any individual. So a lot of people are complaining that you're going to be letting out mass murderers. That's not what's going to happen because the court still has the ability, still has the discretion to actually keep those individuals locked up or detained. This actually helps those who are poor, indigent, and nonviolent. And that's what it's really about. Another thing that the court does is determine competency of whether or not an individual is fit to actually stand trial. And then we have plea bargaining. I'm sure that was part of what you guys studied before you actually came on today. Uh, why do we have plea bargaining? It keeps the dockets moving, reduces the time and costs, and without it, cases might not go forth before the judge or before the court for a year or two. So of our defendants receive a plea bargain. All right. So name me one trial participant, beginning with you, Aiden. Uh, The bailiffs. Okay. All right. Harmony, who would you say is the most important trial participant?
2: Um, I think
0: the most important trial
2: participant is probably the person that, I mean, the defendant or the
0: prosecutor. Okay. All right. And you say the prosecutor because...
2: Well, I think everyone plays a big role in like in a trial. All right. And without the prosecutor or the defendant or anybody, then you're not going to have a full trial.
0: Okay. All right. Aiden, who would you say is the most important trial participant? Uh, okay. I know you mentioned the bailiff.
1: Uh, depends on the trial, but probably the jury. If it's a jury trial, since it is their, what they're making the decision, if it is a jury trial, I'd say the jury...
0: Yeah, the jury is really important because they are the ones who have to take in the evidence. They are the ones who cannot be biased. They are the ones who have to put their prejudices aside and listen to the evidence and let the evidence determine whether or not an individual is guilty or innocent. So other participants just for our audience is the judge, who is a pretty, pretty, pretty important. Individual. The judge is the arbitrator, the mediator or what I like to call the referee. You guys mentioned the prosecutor. The prosecutor represents who?
1: The person who's going after the defendant.
0: Okay, he, the prosecutor is the individual that goes after the defendant. OK, But who does he or she represent? Uh,
1: the person that like was involved if they were the action was against them or, or like a victim.
0: Okay. Very good. Yes. And so what we like to say is that the prosecutor represents the people. In other words, the prosecutor actually is putting forth evidence to the jury to determine whether or not the individual committed the crime. And they are representing, like you said, Aiden, that victim, if there was a victim involved and are the people of that particular state. All right. Very good. You have the defense attorney who... Harmony, does the defense attorney represent? Um,
2: The defendant.
0: Awesome. Very good. You have a clerk who documents and keeps track of court files. You have witnesses. In the state's attorney's office, you have what is called victim witness. And that individual is responsible for sending out information and collaborating with the witnesses and actually making sure that they show up in court on time and keep them safe witnesses are the victim police defendants experts etc then you have the court reporter who dictates everything that is stated in the court and aiden as aiden mentioned you have the bailiff the bailiff is what aiden
1: the uh, people that are like kind of working the case and stuff and another type of person that's like keep order in there
0: exactly the bailiff is actually the security right awesome all right and so that's pre-trial stuff that we talked about and some of the participants that are preparing for the trial. What is one of the first things that happens in the trial, Harmony?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure.
0: Okay. All right. Aiden, do you recall, you call one of the first things that happened in the actual trial when it actually is going forth? The opening statements. Yeah. So usually the state will have an opening statement and they will put forth why evidence that they are going to share with the jury will argue that that evidence is going to determine that the individual that has committed the law of violation will be found guilty or should be found guilty. And the defense is going to put forth an opening statement that is going to try to shoot that down and say that they don't have enough evidence to find his or her client guilty of the crime. All right. So you have opening statements. Then the prosecutor will present his or her case. And then the defense has an option to present the case. But who's actually responsible for presenting enough evidence to find the individual guilty? Aiden? Uh,
1: Investigators on the case.
0: Okay. And the investigators have found information out for who? prosecution team all right very good excellent job guy. all right let's move on to segment three segment three being a voice for change as emerging adults who grew up in a predominantly white america what say harmony and aiden about white supremacy and black lives matter beginning with you harmony
2: I think that white supremacy does still exist. Actually, a couple weeks ago on the Heartland campus, I'm pretty sure someone went around and put like little flyer poster or things on people's car of like supporting white supremacy. So clearly it's still a big issue here. I think that's something that stems like through generations and it's something that people are taught. And I actually listened to a couple of your episodes before I was just listening to some other podcasts to get used to what I was going to be doing. Um, And someone said that the Black Lives Matter group is there to like, like to fight off what's been going on, like through white supremacy through generations. And I think that's a very good way to do it because I mean, if someone doesn't do it, who's going to do it? You know what I mean?
0: Wow. Excellent. Harmony. I did receive an email from the president of Heartland Community College, but I didn't know what that was about. I heard, well, let me restate that. In the email, he mentions that we don't believe in whatever happened. Mm-hmm. But this is the first that I'm hearing about what actually happened. So thank you for that information. I'm just yeah. now finding out because I haven't been on campus. Go ahead, Aiden. They were uh, passing
1: those. I, I woke up the uh, when that happened. They were out on my neighborhood. They were like out, all over the ground and stuff. And there was some on my car and uh, like all the people on the street.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so you, you actually saw one as well? Yeah, yep. And so it was a flyer?
1: I uh, picked the flyer up. It was right here. It was like some satanic commandment thing.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, okay, very good. So you, you actually kept it. I'll have to get one of those. Okay, so Aiden, what about you?
1: Yeah, I, I believe it is a thing that is still definitely around, as we just saw with those flyers there are definitely lots of people to believe that, but I feel like there's a lot of people that don't believe in it.
0: Okay. Like, go ahead. Go I'm ahead, Harmony. I was
2: just going to say, I feel like it's one of those things that a couple bad people set it out for, for everyone else. So like one person or people see that a couple of people are doing it and then it, it kind of becomes a big thing again, just because of a couple bad people. Okay. Yeah,
0: well. And so what do you think Aiden about BLM?
1: I don't know if I agree with their, The way they do it with the rioting and stuff happened, but black lives obviously matter and stuff, but the way they did it, I didn't necessarily agree with.
0: All right. And so are you guys familiar with the insurrection that took place at the Capitol? Yeah. Okay. And do you believe that, who you think's to blame? Whoever, all the
1: people that started that and all the ringleaders of that, who brought everyone together and started that.
0: Okay. All right. One of the most serious trials has taken place with one of the white supremacist group. And uh, the charge is sedition. And it's a very serious charge. My question to you is, is this something that, like Aiden said, is on them? Or was there other people that was, like, provoking them to actually do what they did? Because if you listen to some of them testify, a lot of them are saying that, the former president, they would never have been there had the former president not actually directed them to go there. But I want to hear your thoughts, Harmony.
2: Um, I definitely. I'm sure they got an idea from like something that they heard, but then they completely twisted it. And then I think it was on them. You don't do acts of crime from someone else. It's all depends on what you want to do. You can stop yourself from doing something and they didn't.
0: Oh, I could tell you a scripture you you're, you're a scripturally uh indoctrinated individual. <laughs> Cuz I was thinking of James chapter 1, which says that God does not provoke man, but that an individual has something down on the inside of them that is actually draws them to actually do what they do. And so what you're saying is is that They actually, that was something that they actually wanted to do. Mm -hmm. All right. I noticed on the pre-survey that you guys both agree that it should be easy for everyone to vote. You also agree that police should not be defunded. You guys have different opinions on whether or not cannabis should be legal. Harmony You say no, and I think, Aiden, you say yes. Is that correct? Okay, Aiden, you say yes because why?
1: Uh, Because I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think it's any worse than alcohol. That's my state on it.
0: Okay, all right. But you say something different, though, Harmony. What you say?
2: Yeah, I mean, in some cases, I think that marijuana should, like, it's it's not like it's a terribly harmful drug, but also... A lot of people are dumb when it comes to drugs. (laughs) Like if they used it in a safe way and they used it just for their own like personal use for like pain or just to like wind down at the end of the night, something like that. Okay. But a lot of people in our society tend to use drugs for like they end up tying it up with bad things and then bad things happen.
0: Okay. I'm not
2: saying it's bad all the time because it's, I'm sure it's definitely not, but.
0: Okay. And the other thing that you guys actually have a little, their little diversity on or don't agree on is free community college. Harmony, you say yes. Aiden, you say no. Harmony, let's start with you. You say yes, because. I think community
2: college is like where you're starting off and where you want to figure out what you want to do with your life. And paying a ton of money for classes that you don't necessarily want to be taking. I don't know. I think free free community college would help a lot of kids, like, figure out what they want to do. Because a lot of kids don't go to community college because it's expensive. I mean, it's not expensive as, like, a four-year, but they'll just start work instead.
1: Payton? Um, we're we're going to pay for it either way because we're going to be taxed on it. We can't just have free out of nowhere. So it's not going to be actually free.
2: That is very true.
0: And so you guys agreed that taxpayers do have to pay for it. But what you're saying, Harmony, is that it should be a carryover like high school. Those first two years are to be like high school to taxpayers because in this dispensation, it's difficult to get a good paying job without an education in, in many cases. And what you're saying, Aiden, is, is that you are saying it's okay, but to realize that it's not actually free that the taxpayers are actually uh, paying for it. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Very good. All right. Finally, what would you like to see the Biden administration accomplish? Beginning with you, Harmony.
2: Um, One thing I would like to see the Biden administration accomplish is to lower taxes Though, if we did do free community college, taxes would go up. So that's kind of a conflict.
0: OK, there.
2: but um, it would be able to if we did lower taxes, we'd be able to pump more money into the economy and do better there. OK, but Taxes are so high. So, hey,
1: I said uh, I would like us to be less reliant on other countries.
0: Yeah, because we are definitely reliant on other countries for oil, are we not? Yep,
1: that's why the gas is up right
0: now. Hey, 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 Aiden, is it costing a brother a little bit money to to put that gas in the tank? Yeah,
1: it was getting better, but we're up to
0: 430. (laughs) It went back up. I feel you, brother. I've been where you are. I was a college student at one time. Oh, yeah. All right. Excellent job, guys. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the courtroom participants and the trial. Important constitutional rights, Illinois cashless bail, and what can be done to make America a better place to live. Until next time, keep living your best life. God bless and Godspeed.